Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right. One month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to episode 36 of the Michiana People podcast. My guest for this episode is Marshall King. Marshall is a well-known freelance food writer in the Michiana area. His column, Dining Alla King, is featured in the South Bend Tribune and the Negotian News. We had a great conversation where I learned how Marshall got into writing about local restaurants and where he would like to take his talents next. I do still have Miss Lady Bird from Jenny Miller hanging in my studio. This is a mixed media collage with paper and acrylic. It's 19 inches by 22 inches by 1 inches. The price on that's $250. If you'd like to see a picture of that, go right to the Michiana People Podcast Facebook page and you can see that pinned as the top post. Jenny will be here for a couple more weeks and then I will feature another artist. Some things that are going on, there is a GoFundMe going on for the Family Justice Center of St. Joseph County. The Family Justice Center of St. Joseph County serves as a one-stop help center for victims of domestic violence and their children. The FJC is made up of local nonprofit and governmental agencies partnered together to help victims and their families quickly and confidentially seek information, easily access resources to help them escape the cycle of violence. By, by having these services in one building, victims of domestic violence and their fa- families can more easily receive the help they need. Before the FJC opened, the average individual trying to escape an abusive household had to seek assistance from 20 different locations. The FJC makes a victim search for help and justice less burdensome, and it's just a great resource for people who are caught in the cycle of domestic violence. Uh, so the, the GoFundMe page will be easy to get to. You can go right to the Michiana People podcast page on Facebook, and there will be a link to it close to the top. And they've got about six more days left in their GoFundMe. Uh, and this is in order to keep the doors open. So it's pretty important. If you can give them 10 bucks, give them 10 bucks. If, if you can give them 500 bucks and give them 500, uh, it's a good cause. And I hope you guys can help them out. So when I get, got into podcasting, I knew there was a couple other local podcasts, but I found out there's actually a plethora of local podcasts, and I am trying to listen to all of them. There's some really good stuff out there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to feature one a week and talk about it and just make people aware that uh, these podcasts are out there. You can fill up your 
entire podcasting week with uh, local podcasts. So I think that's pretty cool. The first one I'm going to feature is called Two Guys, a Girls, and a Goblin. Two Guys, a Girls, and a Goblin is a twice-monthly podcast of, of an ongoing campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. Two Guys, a Girls, and a Goblin features Sammy Campersall as Honai, a wild elf druid, Aaron Buell as an as Imazel Volkar, a human paladin slash warlock, Eric Helmkin as Jagger, a Hengeyoke Warlord, I don't know how to pronounce that because I don't play D&D, and Jim Cliss as both a Dungeon Master and Splug, a Goblin Artificer. Uh, So I can't pronounce a lot of this stuff, but the podcast is really good and funny, and Jim's voice is great to listen to when you're driving long long periods of time. So uh, great podcast. It's called Two Guys, a Girls, and a Goblin. They have a Facebook page. You can go like the page so you know when episodes go up. Just uh, look for Two Guys, a Girl, and a Goblin, and that's the number two, not the word two. So it's just a it's just a cool podcast. Uh, Mapletronics is a sponsor, and I work there. How long could your business operate if you could no longer use your software or connect to the Internet? How much of your business data can you afford to lose? What level of productivity do your computer users need to maintain to stay profitable? If you'd like to talk to me about your computer network so you know where you stand, you can call me at 574-537-5838 or email me at scurtis at mapletronics.com. There's no charge for my consultation or network evaluation. Give it a shot. If you're a business owner or in business development, you might have noticed how much harder it is becoming to get people's attention. As technology improves, the ability for consumers to choose when, where, and how they are exposed to a business's advertising or messaging improves too. Volo Marketing takes an interactive approach to getting and keeping attention using things like free social media, mobile-friendly websites and applications, search engine optimization, and original content creation. Volo can manage your entire digital marketing efforts on a monthly basis if you're having trouble keeping up, would like to grow, or just need to figure out how to get people in the door or to your website, Vala Marketing would like to speak with you. Give them a call at 574-606-6696 to to set up a free consultation or a free audit of your digital marketing efforts. And as a side note, if you check them out on Facebook, just look up Vala Marketing, that's V-A-L-A Marketing, on Facebook, you can see some of the work that Grant and his team does, and I think you'll find it uh, to be very, very good and helpful to any type of business. Here comes episode 36 with Marshall King. It was a great conversation. Uh, I didn't know Marshall coming into it, but coming out of it, I really like him, and I wish him all the best. So I hope you enjoy this. I think it's a great episode. Marshall, thanks for being on the podcast. Good to be here. Uh, we, uh, as I was telling you when we first met, I don't know a ton about you. I've followed you pretty religiously on Twitter for a long time, God help and I've you. read your articles. I think you're a Goshen resident. I am. Is I live right? in Goshen. Okay. I have a lovely backyard that backs up to the mill race, so I get to okay. see this murky water every day. But yeah. it's nice. I live on the water. It's just not something you put a speedboat on. Right. <laughs> that's that's great. So you've been doing um, writing basically food restaurant type writing for a long time in the area and in a lot of different capacities. 
first of all, how did you get into that? What, what? Well, I was I was a reporter uh, briefly at the Goshen News, and then uh, for a much longer time at the at the Elkhart Truth, mm-hmm. and covered uh, education and schools. So I went to a lot of school board meetings, okay. and graduations. I heard enough graduation speeches to last several lifetimes. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and then uh, in two thousand, an editor, the managing editor at the time, came to me and said, "We want you to to." to do some restaurant writing. We, uh-huh. you know, our readers do eat out a lot, and so we want you to do some restaurant writing. I was just a guy who liked food. I mm-hmm. wasn't a, a critic, and they were fairly clear about that. Mm-hmm. But pretty quickly, people started saying, well, how was the food? Mm-hmm. And so I went back to the editor and said, can I expense a little bit of this? And, right. and he said, yes, but you're not a critic. But I would start telling people if I liked something. Uh-huh. And then a couple years later, a different editor said, I want you to search for the best pie in Elkhart County. Okay. So I spent most of a year eating pie, mm-hmm. a lot of pie. And and so by the end of the year, had pick, had picked a winner. Uh-huh. And it's uh, had a piece the other day of the, of the winning pie. It's still, uh, I think, one of the best pieces of pie you can get in the county is the lemon meringue at Southside Soda Shop. Oh, and okay. That was the winner in 2002 or 2003, and uh-huh. it's still... A lovely piece of pie. So I um, started doing these searches and um, had a Monday column called Dining a la King and the Truth. Uh And then um, that morphed into some, uh, would do dinners with readers and Mm -hmm. did some food trips. And, you know, so since 2000 have been doing food writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's. It's something that people still respond to. It's something yeah. there's an audience and a readership for it, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife and I have two people that we go to constantly. It's you and Joe Ditz. So oh, wow. if it's you for yeah. where do we want to go to eat, right. and and the the restaurants are little hole in walls that we that we've never yeah. heard of, and Joe on where do we want to go hiking right. and, and finding adventures. So yeah, I mean, yeah. and it, you know. Both of us have kind of created a little niche for ourselves, and um, and it's it's fun to it's I'm the oh you're the food guy, you uh-huh. know? and that's what I am known as most. I do uh, over the years. I've done a lot of other writing. I've done a lot of I've done a variety of other things. But oh, you're the food guy, uh-huh. you know, and right. and so it's nice to have that identity. It's nice to have people that that. You know, I mean, it's better as a writer. The old line is, "It's better to be damned than ignored." Yeah, um, right. And and you know, as a writer, most of all, you want somebody to pay attention to what you've written. Exactly. And and there's this egotistical act that I, you know, I'm putting words down, mm-hmm. and I think that they're important enough for you to take time to read. Right. Right. And there was a writing professor in college years ago who you know who taught me that, and it's like, oh. So I, I better make this as good as it can be, and I better make it interesting and right. and truthful and uh-huh. and you know I, it just so happens that I'm a guy who likes to eat mm-hmm. and I've worked at this ability to describe how something right. tastes yeah. to tell the story of the person who made it and try to connect that yeah. to the reader. It's funny that's the that's the exact attitude I have with the podcast because I feel like I have to put out good content, but then my ego sets in if I put out good content and I don't feel like enough people listen to it and then I'm just mad and it's 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 hard it's hard because I when I put the podcast out I purposefully didn't want to interview a whole bunch of people that were 
super popular. I, did, I, I didn't want them to bring me my listeners. I wanted my listeners to come organically because it was good content. Right. And and I've still I've I've stuck by that. You know, you you've probably got more followers on Twitter than any of my any of my other guests. So you're you're my most popular guy. Oh, so good. Far. All right. So I'm ramping up. Good. But I, I I always wanted to make it about the the content yeah. and and the 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 story rather than who can I get on my podcast that's going to make me popular. Right. And 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 that's a tough tough road to walk because then you get disappointed if you only get 50, 50 listens on something that you thought was gold. This and, weird internet metric you know it yeah. used to be i mean i was i worked at the elkhart truth for more than 20 years yeah you know it used to be that if you got half a dozen phone calls about something mm -hmm. oh wow people really that would you know that struck a chord yeah and, and the 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 fastest way to generate phone calls was to like change the comics uh -huh. or or move the crossword puzzle right in, you know or something <laughs> like that and so you know but in the internet realm suddenly you had you had Oh, that's how many clicks that got. Right. And and now, you know, a lot of newspapers will do use real time, you know, chart chart beat or mm -hmm. Google, you know, even more than Google Analytics, they'll it's up on the wall and oh, that story's doing really well. Well, yeah. what should we do with that? You right. know, well maybe we do another story on that. And right. so this, you know, all this data has it, it you can say that it doesn't affect behavior, it affects behavior. Uh -huh. You do stories that get more clicks. Right. You, you know, and we all pay attention to that and we all go and look and, oh, wow, that's all that did? Right, you know? right. I yeah. thought that would be really interesting to people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I'll try again. Yeah. I have to purposefully not check the stats on my website except for like once a week because I could get totally obsessed with it. So I, I just put it out there and then I, I don't do a whole lot of analytics on it because... Yeah. I, by the time you do an interview and then edit it and put it up and and then try to uh, actually have a life after that, then you just throw it up there and hope it works. Yeah, I'm not trying to make money, so that's good. <laughs> I and now now that I'm a freelance writer, now that I'm working for these variety of entities mm -hmm. rather than on the inside of you know of one media entity um, with you know access to all the data and mm -hmm. going to all the meetings and all that stuff. Now that I'm on this other side. It is interesting to to not be as tied to those metrics. Right. To not be to. It's like, well, that's a really good story. Right. You know, and then did somebody give me a check for that? Okay, that was a success. Right. You know? right. I mean, and, yeah. and 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 but on social media, I still do track. You know, like I I care far too much about my cloud score. So uh -huh. you know, I, it's still these. This does still matter to me in some right, warp, right. in some warped artificial yeah. way. So the other nice thing about being freelance is people always want to hear about food and food and beverage, and so somebody's going to want you. <laughs> I hope so. I you know this isn't this isn't a major market. It's not Chicago. It's not um, Portland. You uh -huh. know, I I. What am I? I do hope that I can do some writing about Midwestern food and Midwest mm -hmm. food rather than just, you know, hey, this taqueria opened, right? You know, uh -huh. on, at this on this corner in Goshen, or, yeah, or, right. or whatever. I mean, people are interested in that. People are interested in those community stories. But how do I how do I mix the food news, mm -hmm. you know, and telling some of that story, and then telling some of the larger stories in our community around themes of food, but then also, I hope, 
carve out some time, do some stuff, do right. some bigger stuff on a Midwestern level. So we'll see. But uh, it it is amazing how much, I don't think people really care that much where the news comes from. Mm -hmm. I think they care some. I think it right. has to be a trusted source. Uh -huh. But I think the which website it's on, mm -hmm. you know, in this freelance realm, which website I do the writing for mm -hmm. or where they saw it matters less to people than, oh, I see that you wrote about right. such and such. Right. And so that as a freelancer, that's some assurance mm -hmm. that people want to pay me to do what right. I'm doing. Right. So right, no doubt. And I know that when you've you've been traveling around seeing these restaurants, you get to see the people involved. And restaurateurs are probably the hardest working people in in business. And nobody realizes that they're they're if if you're running a little mom and pop shop, you're in there at five or six a.m. to get the produce truck and get the prep started and get everything ready for lunch. And you're there for lunch. You're going through the lunch rush. Then in the afternoon, you're cleaning up, getting ready for dinner, and then you're going through dinner and you're going home at eleven, twelve at night, and then getting up and doing it all over again. It, it depends what it depends what kind of restaurant you have. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, and you know even if uh, if you're doing the the extra stuff like you know buying from local sources right. or trying to do farm to table or or that kind of stuff or doing you know artisan and downtown Elkhart is making its own butter. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. it's like it's a glorious touch. Right, it's really good butter. But, right, but it's like they that's just that extra so, step. It's a lot of work. Somebody's got to yeah. make that butter, mm -hmm. and so. And the best restaurants, you know, people say, you know, how, where, what, what are your favorite re restaurants? And my favorites often tend to be the places where I do have a connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do know the person somehow, right. or I hope that maybe I'll run into them when I'm there. Mm -hmm. But the best ones tend to be where you can usually find the owner. Yeah. It's they're... not that the owner is necessarily the one on the grill right. making your omelet. Right. But it is, it's a nice sign if you see it once in a while. Yeah. Or it's a nice sign that when you visit, you know that there's a really good chance that you are going to see the owner. Yeah. And and those owner-operated places, those the, the ones where the owners are doing doing the day-to-day -day work, it's hard work. Yeah. And and it's the restaurant business is this, okay. I'm going to I'm going to make you a sandwich. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try and make you the sandwich the same way I just made it for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and get it to your table under that time in which you expected right. that it should come to your table mm -hmm. with a person that I've hired to bring it to you and smile right. and in trying to anticipate your needs, um, not offend you mm -hmm. and and yet um, also, you know, not and, and make you feel important, but also t tend to all these other people right. that are sitting at these tables nearby. Exactly. And then back in the kitchen, you know, I'm going to make your sandwich and I'm going to make their salad and I'm going to make, you know, their bowl, uh, I'm going to make their bowl of soup and I'm going to try and make it all come out in a timely way. Yeah. And that, that's a hard, hard business. Oh, it's spin in place. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a hard, hard yeah. business. And the people who do it well, we love. Oh yeah. And, and they tell great stories and um, they become part of, of, they become entertainment for us, but they also in some ways become parts of our families from mm -hmm. time to time. They become parts of our memories. They become parts of special occasions. Right. And that's why a lot of them do it. Right. They're like, we get to be there. We get to be there to even, you know, 
make the meal for you and you just put your mother in the ground. Right, we'll, right. You know, and your family is all gathered around. Mm -hmm. We get to be there when your kid graduates from high school mm -hmm. and, and you want to come, you want to celebrate with us. Right. And, and those are remarkable moments. And that's mm -hmm. why a lot of these restaurant folks are, are love doing it. Right, right. It's, uh, I was, I was in restaurant management for a long time and it was everything from like Hacienda to fast food. If you, I don't know if you remember Farrell's restaurants, you're a little bit younger, but I, that's where I started. And at one point, my, uh, brother-in-law decided he wanted to buy a restaurant and he wanted to be partner with me on it. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, I don't, I, I just don't have it. I, I had been doing it for, I don't know, 15 years at that point. And I said, I just, it's, I, I, I can't do it. And, uh, that, that I got out of restaurants soon after that. And I, I did a stint, like a five-year stint at Gordon food service, which is the same thing as working at a restaurant if you're not cooking the food. So it was, it was, uh, I, I had to make that decision because the kids were little and I, I wanted to see them once in a while. And it just, uh, you gotta be a special type of person. I, I knew I wasn't. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, I, I don't, it's not necessarily in my blood. My parents, you know, operated some food businesses when I was a little kid and I worked at a restaurant the old Yoder's restaurant at Fifth uh -huh. and Lincoln yeah. uh, when I was in high school. And so I, I you know, I got a taste for it, mm -hmm. but I don't, you know, people say, do you ever want your own restaurant? And I say, um, I probably don't want to work that hard. Yeah. And, you know, there was, when I, when I was um, let go by the truth in May, there was a, a local restaurant owner that was like, I'll sell you my restaurant. I'll sell uh -huh. you, you know, and, and it, it, it was an intriguing idea. Uh, but, um, my wife made it very clear that if I did that, I needed to find a different wife. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was not at all interested in that. Uh -huh. So, um, so I, I will not be a restaurant. Owner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much better being on the, on the other side and tasting the food and writing it about is. it. It is. What, uh, you know, as far as restaurants that stand out for you in the area, do you, do you have like three or four of them that you just, every time you go, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think I mean one of the one of the places that I think it has a large following. I think it it does a great job. Uh, you know, it's it's open on Sunday nights, and so it's kind of nice to like, hey, you know, uh -huh. nobody else is really open tonight. Let's go there. Yeah, um, Antonio's and Elkhart is one that it, oh, Paul does, that Paul just does a great job. Yeah. Paul Paul Cotaldo works really hard. Yeah, um, and you know he. He's he's a fascinating guy, old mm -hmm. Italian, and tries to do things the right way. But it's also, I mean, he's got to try and find a workforce and yeah. and push it out there and keeps his prices fairly low. Yeah. And We've so, eaten there so much, and I never had the pizza. <laughs> we finally makes, we finally got the pizza as carry out when we were we were with friends, and I was like, this is great. Yeah. And that just makes it harder because it what, what do you does. do? You get a pizza. Well, and now he's added a new pizza. He has a Sicilian pizza that oh. um, had the dough. It's like the dough does a two or three day rise. Oh, okay. And it's like it's like I mean it's this like you know three quarters of an inch to inch thick dough, uh -huh. and it is not heavy. Yeah, it's this beautiful dough, and it's like so he started playing around with Sicilian, and he's really intrigued by you know pushing out some of the boundaries of pizza and, mm -hmm. and experimenting with it and. And so he's, he's, Paul's done a great job at Antonio's. Um, you know, some of the places in Goshen, like Southside Soda Shop has been there mm -hmm. a long time. Nick and Charity Boyd work really hard. Mm -hmm. Pizzeria Venturi, 
Yeah. In Goshen has We haven't started. been there yet. That's one of It's it's a really unique place and it's not it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. But they're using really good ingredients right. and they're busy and it's a range of people and people yeah. are driving from Toledo to eat a pizza wow. in Turi. Yeah. Um Goshen Brewing Company is is doing a nice job. Um Kelly J's in Goshen always puts out mm. you know good meals. I was at lunch um they're they're trying to do a little bit more lunch business. Mm. And so, uh, you know, I was there and had um, their delicious crab and corn chowder, but then also had a had uh, a Reuben with kimchi on it. Oh, wow. It was really good, too. Yeah. It wasn't Singerman's good, but it was really good. Yeah. So, um, you know, Ricky's Taqueria in Elkhart mm-hmm. is a great little place. Uh, years ago, it was Hot Dog Heaven, mm-hmm. I think, and had, like, Doctor Who posters on the wall. And okay. Now it's this little taqueria where open kitchen, you're watching them make your food. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's you know, a tiny building, and they just keep cranking it out. Right. And, you know, they did close for a day or so because he owed some back taxes, but he quickly got that yeah. paid and reopened. Uh-huh. Uh, Kurt restaurants, Cafe Navarre. Uh, and artisan are both really good. Mm. Um, and you know, even, I mean, I love the fact that in our area, we have an increasing range of ethnic foods. Mm. So, um, it may be that today is a Lucky's Donut day for me. Okay. And I will go to Lucky's Donut on the Northwest side of Elkhart and get the Pad Thai. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, I, I've heard that a few times that that's, that's what you got to do. She does a great, she does a great job. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, he, Lucky makes donuts in the morning, and Mrs. Lucky does the lunch food. Yeah, and, um, it's this. I mean, it's this great Cambodian Thai. Mm. She's even doing some pho, I think. So she's throwing some Vietnamese oh, in there, yeah. or or some curried soup uh-huh. soups, and uh, she, her food's really good. Yeah, my so. daughter turned me on the pho. I've ne- never heard of it, and she moved out east where you know it's prevalent, and she uh, took us to a restaurant and I was like okay I like this well this and in stuff. South Bend I mean Cree Asian is uh, there on Ironwood I was there um, recently and mm. got some noodles I didn't get the pho but they're there and you know South Bend now has a restaurant called Bowl of Pho uh-huh, you know it's yeah. like we, we have a pho restaurant yeah. in South Bend and so I mean the ethnic options have just continued right to, to get to get a lot better right I know that was more than three or four but that's that's good one place that I that I've been consistently impressed with uh, it's more in my area because I'm in Mishawaka it's that uh, Rocky River tap yeah and that's they, another Kirchanowski um, restaurant okay. you know kind of farm to table farm to fork right but you know not super high end and, right and Kurt's worked at that and you know northern Indiana can be a great place to serve local food but yeah. you know come February there's just not a lot of green stuff right you yeah know? so I, I mean <laughs> You gotta you gotta work at that yeah. and, and fight that. And Kurt Kurt's a really good restaurant owner. Yeah. And and you know, he he's this amazing guy. He'd be interesting to have on your podcast, actually, but mm-hmm. he's this amazing guy where I don't um he he oversees the catering at, at the Crystal Ballroom at the Lerner Theater. Uh-huh. And he is he can put five hundred plates out with chicken breast and mm-hmm. vegetables and rice, and the breasts are hot and tender mm. and not dry right and it's like how do you do that <laughs> and i know that it's a basic it's just a basic catering principle but kurt's, yeah kurt's brilliant at well, some of that stuff yeah as well a lot of caterers doing, don't know that principle no no and kurt's really good <laughs> at it and uh and it's fun to get to know those folks like kurt and yeah. paul and mm. janice hayden at the old style deli in elkhart mm. and just this range of folks who are doing this you know doing this work um 
you know, Goshen Brewing Company is a fairly new business in Goshen. And mm-hmm. Jesse, Jesse Sensenick had this vision for it. And right. he's created this little, he's created this place that's yeah. become a go-to for a lot of people. Yeah. And then there's a lot of other people who are showing up. Yeah. And just, you can, you can watch them walk up and you can tell it's their first time. Uh-huh. A lot of times they're from out of town. Right. When the RV rally was, was at the fairgrounds a couple weeks ago, they uh-huh. were getting all these folks yeah. who would show up at four, four or four thirty in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And the, the folks were like, yep, we're RVers. We just go to breweries every day. Uh-huh. And, and they had found Goshen Brewing Company and would walk in and figure yeah. it out and have, have a good meal and, right. and a pint. And, but, um, you know, Jesse is down there making beer. Yeah, you know, and yep. and you know, depending on the time of day, if you're there early, um, as they're just opening, it may smell like cops and malt. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, it does. I, and, I, and you know, you see the steam coming off the corner of the building. Yeah, so. I got there. I got there early one day. Uh, my daughter got married this this year, this summer, and. I, I just absolutely love their beer. They they can't go wrong on their beer for me. So I went and got a couple growlers because my son was going to be home and my future son-in-law. So I went and got some stuff there and it had a nice smell to it. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be a beer guy, right? I am a beer guy. And is and it not Nirvana around here right now? It's really good. I mean, <laughs> the scene has gotten really good uh, with, I mean, it started really with, you know, Chip and Summer Lewis taking taking the leap in Elkhart and yeah. creating Yakida. And again, yeah. they've created this pub yeah. that has become part of the fabric of the community. Right. It's become this gathering place. And it's yeah. been fun to, to see how they do that. And then... Yakida yeah, is so tough because you... When you go in there, you want it to be bigger because yeah. it's so crowded, but you don't want it to be bigger because it's perfect the way it is. <laughs> they kind of said, here's what we're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it's, you know, the noise of these places is what can be, uh-huh. and, you know, they, they take these these old buildings and they're full of hard surfaces and then it yeah, just kind of, it bounces. the sound bounces yeah. around a yeah. lot. But, but uh, Yakida has done a great job. I don't get over to bare hands very much. Mm. But yeah, then in you know, then you have South Bend Brew Works and Crooked right. U and yeah. and you know in Goshen and you know I haven't been to Wedgwood in Middlebury yet, but people are saying great things. I haven't been either. And they're yeah. they opened up and then um, quickly found out that they weren't make they couldn't make enough beer. So uh-huh. they're trying to, to to it's a nice problem to have. And so yeah. they're circling their way through that. Right. And uh, but yeah, the scene just keeps more and more places pop up. Yeah. And I mean now we're going to see places open and close mm-hmm. like other restaurants just because, oh, we got a new brewery. Well, right. will it will it be here in two years? Mm-hmm. We'll see. And right. some places will be because they're good and they figured out a way to 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 serve the customer and other places aren't are sadly not going to make it. Uh-huh. And somebody's dream will go down the drain. Right, right. <laughs> that's But the same thing's tough. happening in the media business, the same thing's happening in yeah. any number of other sectors yeah. and so it's not yeah. it's just it's just what it is. Yeah, and with restaurants you not only have to fill a niche that need, needs filled, but you got to roll with it when that niche doesn't need to be filled anymore. You right. got to almost reinvent yourself every few years to to keep rolling. Yeah, and right. I think I mean, speaking of that, like one of the places that I think is working at that right now is Constant Spring in uh-huh. Ocean. It's this amazing bar. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "Oh, I'm so glad this is here." Yeah. And then some newer places open. Uh-huh. And you know, the second owners um have have tried some different things and Put their own spin on it, and, mm. and now they're a part of a restaurant community that's in downtown Goshen, rather than being the prime, the right. primary place. Right. And so they're working at that and and trying to figure that out, and and that's 
that's hard work mm -hmm. that adds to the hard work. Yeah. But it's also just part of what makes these places good over time. Oh, yeah. That's evident. One place I don't know, I, I have to ask if you've been there because I had one of my best meals in recent years there. Have you eaten the food at Vegetable Buddies yet? I have not yet been to Vegetable Buddies. It is on my list and I will get there very soon. I, I heard on the podcast you talking about oh, you talk about your meal there. I, Larry Katz is a longtime food guy. You uh -huh. know, I know that he's, he's, I think, doing some of the stuff with the management. Uh -huh. You know, I know one of the bartenders from... Um, had been down in Culver for a time. Right. She's she's really good. And and so I it's on my list, but yeah. I, but I haven't gotten there yet. Well, my experience I stopped eating beef about two years ago. And I, I'm not saying that I completely stopped. I still nibble and right. I'll, I'll every once in a while I'll just freak out and go to five guys. But for the most part I don't eat beef. So my I got a chicken dish and they do like a southern uh, a southern type uh, spin on their stuff. I got a chicken dish that was fantastic, but my wife got the prime rib burger and she was just like in heaven. And she said, you got to try a bite of this. And I tried a bite and I like, we're, we're eating there Friday night because we're seeing a band afterwards. I think I'm just going to get, get right back on the beef training with that go. prime rib burger because it is Once fantastic. In a while. Yeah. I was, I was really, really surprised because you don't expect a place that is made around entertainment and live entertainment to have that fantastic of food. It was just absolutely wonderful. So we've covered a lot of the good restaurants and we've covered beer, which I am just in heaven over the, the beer that's, that's I am too. Around. My waistline isn't, but but I'm in yes. <laughs> and I mean the craft cocktail scene is coming along too. Yeah. I my wife's enjoying that, yeah. Yeah, common spirits in Goshen and and you know, five two three and some of the other places in Elkhart yeah. and South Bend. I mean, it's just, it's gotten a lot easier to find a good cocktail. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, it's, we're not talking about, you know, a shot and fizzy yellow beer. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's, we're, we're, there's places that are, you know, paying attention to how, right. to flavor. Right. And how does that go with, how does that cocktail go with yeah. something, yeah. you know, something that we have on the menu? Mm -hmm. And, and how do we create a menu that has its own set of flavors? Yeah. Using, using this, this liquid, form yeah and so it's it's cool to see a lot of that stuff that's uh, neat to see pairings like that and ha have have people help you with it because i definitely couldn't do it on my own miles lab have you been to miles lab is another is, a, is another gem that yeah. that we get to fairly regularly yeah uh and and mike has again he took and there's a great story mike miles took over this beloved neighborhood bar yeah and came in and started making a few changes. We renovated the place and mm -hmm. changed the name. And the locals are kind of going, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do to us? <laughs> but he, he, and he added craft beer, mm -hmm. but he kept Bud Light and Coors Light for right. the guys that want to come in at 3.30 and sit right. at the bar. Yeah. And, you know, he added some, some interesting stuff on the menu, but then he brought in his uncle who used to run Casey's and mm -hmm. Dave's making steaks like yeah. they used to make down at Casey's. Right. And, and so he's done this lovely mix of new stuff and old stuff. Mm -hmm. He's got a thriving business. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get in, he's but really it's definitely well. worth it when you do. And Mike's one of those guys that worked here a long time in the community, 
finally got the chance to own his own place and has yeah. really made it successful. It's another another one of those places where not being a bee feeder and having the prime rib walk by, I was like, okay, I got to put that on my list. Or the was... bone-in ribeye. I yeah. Mean, you'll spend 35 bucks on this bone-in ribeye, uh-huh. but it's a two or three, it's like two or two pounds of meat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's one of those, not being a bee feeder, that's one that you could probably eat on for a week. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so Doing doing the freelance stuff and, and and all that. What what's next for you? I mean, you're. I mean, it's a it's a really good question. I so new owners bought the truth on May first, mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks later, they came to a, a number of us and said, "We don't need you." Mm-hmm. And I had kind of braced for that possibility, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that even on May first, my my it was wasn't like I, I was part of the newspaper industry, right. I mean, there's, it's a great time to be in the news business. Mm. Um, the audience has probably never been bigger. It's just a question of monetizing it. Right. And a lot of these legacy newspapers held on the, their monopoly for too long mm. and then trained people to expect the content for free online. Mm. And so kind of like the music business, they you know it's going through all these growing pains right. and things are shaking out. And so the family that owned the truth uh, decided to sell and sold it to some owners that were going to make some changes. Mm. I don't happen to agree with all the changes, but I'm also not like a bitter pus sack walking right. around, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how to put a bomb in somebody's trunk. Right. I, mean, yeah. I don't, I just, change was happening a lot at the truth the last couple of years. Mm. And so um, when I was let go in the middle of May, it was like, oh, okay. And I, mm-hmm. and I pretty quickly decided I didn't want to just find a job. I mm-hmm. didn't want to just do one thing. I wanted to see if I could piece together Mm. A variety of stuff that interested me, and then, fortunately, the phone started ringing. And after a lots lots of cups of coffee and lunches with folks and mm-hmm. meetings, was able to kind of sit in in July start um, as a full time freelancer doing a mix of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that it's only been three months of that, yeah. but it's so far it's been successful. I'm having a blast. Mm-hmm. I'm writing and um, going to a lot fewer meetings and um, trying to add value to the clients or the, mm-hmm. the, the media entities that I work for. Right. And right. that's been a lot of fun. I've played around more with photography mm-hmm. and, and trying to, to become a better photographer. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out, okay, should I do something you know, audio or video related. Mm. I've done a little bit of that at the truth, at the Elkhart Truth, but but you know, I'm by nature a writer, right. so it's fairly. I'm most comfortable trying to figure out how to string words together and right. tell a story. And but you know, we're consuming consuming information in different yeah. ways, yeah. and so how do I also? keep up with that. Right. Um, you talked a little bit about being interested in podcasting and, and it's funny because I am much better at the written word than I am in conversation. But it, I think it's because as a society, we don't converse as much anymore. And so I'm learning it's, 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 it's difficult, but when you sit down and do the written word, you can think through it. And when you write something that isn't quite right, you can backspace and, and, and fix it. But when you're in conversation, you got to get it right. And that, there's a little bit of pressure to that. <laughs> there is, there is. I, fortunately, I mean, I've had a range of experiences. I mean, as a high school kid, I went to Fairfield high school, mm-hmm. but as a high school kid, I, they let me start 
doing some radio stuff at w, WGCS uh-huh. at Goshen College. Yeah. And then when I went to college, I did some more radio stuff. And mm-hmm. I did, you know, had an internship at a public TV station and yeah. a national magazine. And so I got this lovely range of experiences and then got paid to write by a newspaper mm-hmm. for a long time. And did, you know, I was an editor. I was managing editor briefly. Mm-hmm. I, I could manage people. And I think I did an okay job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, by nature, was a writer. So yeah. I was pretty happy when the you know basically the last year and a half or so before I was like go or a little over a year was doing more column writing and editorial mm-hmm. writing and and the food writing and was doing all of that and that that was a lot of fun um, and now you know I'm trying to okay I don't I don't I it's a different it's a it's a it's a different mentality of rather than just collecting a salary mm-hmm. did. Is someone paying me for that? Is right. that can I can I bill someone for that, or did yeah. someone pay me for that story, uh-huh. <laughs> or will someone pay me for that story? Right. But it but so far it's working. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So if uh, people want to find you and find out what you're doing, what's There's talk Twitter, ways. I mean, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook. on Twitter, and and on Facebook personally, I'm at Hungry Marshall. Okay. I have a Dining Ala King page, which okay. is the name of the column mm-hmm. um, from the from the very beginning, and the name of the column mm-hmm. that appears um, in the South Bend Tribune on Fridays, okay. in the Goshen News on Mondays, okay. and um, at least for now on Flavor574.com. Mm-hmm. It goes it goes up there before okay. it goes to the other two places. Right. And then the website that I that I need. To keep up with, and uh-huh. and and it, it's I never worried much about having a personal website, and now, mm-hmm. but it's just hungrymarshall.com. Okay, and so um, there's past truth stories there, and um, mm. some of the new stuff that I'm doing, and and I'm trying to think, okay, you know, maybe I need to just do some of this food news on yeah. that site, and yeah. and I don't know that people care greatly what link they click on as long as they know it's trusted and right. know the voice. And right. and so I'm hoping that that maybe the website can be part of that too. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think like what, like I mentioned, I mean, what, you know, looking at Midwestern stories or, or you know, stories beyond Michiana mm-hmm. or the Elkhart South Bend region, like what do I, what what needs to be told here? What might right. be become part of? I think the evolution of food in the Midwest is remarkable. Right, and right. I think to do some work related to that would be a lot of fun. It's yeah. also a little bit terrifying. Yeah, because it's outside of my comfort right. zone. Right. So. And then everywhere, it's really cool because everywhere you go, you can, you just find a person that's willing to talk to you and they tell you where to go. It was funny, when we were in South Carolina, we were on Kiowa Island and this McDonald's manager, we went in for coffee um, and we hadn't even shouted or anything. We went in for coffee and he came up and he said, you're Yankees, aren't you? And, And we said, yeah. And he said... Uh, I'm going to tell you, he says, you're a tourist. I'm going to tell you a few places you need to go um, that nobody else is going to tell you. And he gave us a list of about five or six places. There's a tea plantation. There is the world's largest uh, oak tree, um, Firefly Distillery, just all all these places. We didn't even go back to the house. We went, we just... Went went and to all these places, and it was probably the best part of our trip. That's and, great. And you, if you find that person anywhere, they're going to tell you this. This is where you eat. Yeah, is- and and I think I mean I can I I do play that role a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I enjoy that role. I'm not I'm not at all. You know, sometimes somebody will, somebody will apologize and they'll be like, okay, 
It's my mom's birthday. Uh-huh. She really wants this. Where do I go? And, I, and uh-huh. I'm sorry to bug you. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. When you stop bugging me is yeah. when I get worried. <laughs> you know, if you found me to ask me this question, I'm happy to do what I can uh-huh. to help. Right. So, uh, and that's, and and so a lot of my, you know, in in Chicago, well, the better example is Pete Wells. Pete Wells is the restaurant critic right now for the New York Times mm. and has done some amazing reviews, including of um, Guy Fieri's restaurant. Mm. And, and, <laughs> and he just went to Per Se, which is, was historically one of the best restaurants in New York, mm. and downgraded them and Uh-oh. compared the soup to like bong water, Uh-oh. you know, and, <laughs> and created this big stir. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he, he can do that in New York mm-hmm. and he can do that. You know, if you're going to spend, you know, he spent a couple thousand dollars as a reviewer, mm-hmm. New York times paid for it, but as a reviewer at per se, and if people are going to go spend hundreds of dollars right. at one of those high end places, you need someone there saying, is this worth it or not? Right. Right. And so I can do that to some degree in this community, mm-hmm. but I don't go out of my way to, to, Take someone down right. to try and you know, and he's not trying to close places. Mm-hmm. But he's being edgy, yeah, and and he's walking that line between. I mean, he's not at all beholden to the restaurants, right? And I don't want to be, you know, the the walking conflict of interest where the rest it's mm-hmm. you know, well, they're all buying him off and yeah. blah blah blah. Right. No, I don't want that. Right. I still want to apply some principles of journalism here, yeah. but I can't. In northern Indiana, you can't walk in the door and then walk out and start screaming that you know how awful something was. <laughs> right, right. Um, and and keep, you know, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's not it's a different market than right. some other places. Right. And so much for a long time, um, back from the days when a pizza shop owner you know kind of leveled a finger at me and said, "You're messing with our livelihood." Uh-huh. I kind of went, <laughs> "Oh, wow." <laughs> so now I would much rather tell people where the good stuff is and yeah. offer some fair critique. Right. And right. and even tell the people before, you know, before it hits, before they see it in print, what I'm going to say. Yeah. And I often interview the folks. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that makes me a little bit more empathetic and softer. It, yeah. Um, you know, when you sit across from the, the table from someone, you uh-huh. know, but there's times it's like, you know, that just didn't work. Right. And, and, or, you know, you really got to. Mm-hmm. You really gotta, you really gotta pay attention to the server here, right? Because and I mean, they need to hear that. Because they do. Because when you're, I mean, when you when you got all those plates spinning, yeah, one's gonna drop. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I'll overstep, or sometimes on social media I'll get a little too edgy and uh-huh. and I have to backtrack a little bit. But <laughs> but it really is, it really does feel like food keeps getting better and better in Northern Indiana and yeah. Southern Michigan, and it's just fun to be part There's of. Some that. good stuff. There's some good stuff coming. Well, Marshall, I really appreciate you coming in, coming in here to Goshen from Goshen, from and, Goshen uh, to Goshen. Yeah, so, some of my guests come from further away, so uh, but I appreciate you coming in and talking to me. This is great to finally get to meet you. Likewise, you've thanks big, for you've been a big help to my uh, wife and I. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate having readers, and and thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, thanks, Marshall. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.